You're listening to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast, episode number 16, SEO 101. Today, we're going to give you some tips and tricks on how to begin to master your search engine optimization, and we're going to try to keep it sexy. Let's go, wedding rock stars. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you, wedding rock star, work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready, because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Rock Your Wedding Biz. I am Renee Dallow, and I'm here, as always, with... Mindy Marzek. Hello, everybody. Hi, guys. And today... We're going to make SEO sexy. We're bringing SEO sexy back. Ooh, I like it. Uh, <laughs> so when we had the idea to do this episode, of course, we were we always knew we were going to talk about SEO. Um, I keep saying to Mindy, that's going to be all you because uh, I'm not really <laughs> sure I'm even doing SEO correctly. So if you're in the same boat as me, listen up because we're going to get to the bottom of it together. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because we wanted to do an episode about SEO, which if you don't know what SEO is, SEO stands for search engine optimization. And it's basically how well your website does in the Google rankings. Let's be real. We all use Google. It's all about the Google. Yeah. Some people might use Bing, Yahoo. And I know this because I, when I check my blog numbers every month, I do get some traffic from Bing and Yahoo, but mostly Google. I get a f every so often they'll be like Bing will show up and I'm like, who is using Bing? Who's using Bing? I feel like it's people who download Internet Explorer and they don't change their default. Oh, is that how it works? I think so. But oh. I think most people, you know, manually switch it to Google because it's the industry standard. It's true, true. So it, SEO is basically how well your web, your website ranks in Google. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, but first, I do want to say that... I am certainly not what I would call an SEO expert. Uh, there are people who do SEO. I was going to say SEO optimization, which is kind of redundant. Search engine <laughs> optimization, optimization. Um, there are people who optimize websites for SEO. That's better. Yes. Uh, and I am not one of those people. <laughs> but but you still know more than most people. So let's, I, we'll start there. Yeah, I, I definitely in my seven years of blogging have picked up on a lot of things for SEO. And so that's what I'm going to be sharing. So, but I just want to say up front that I don't consider myself an SEO expert. These are just really, really basic beginner level suggestions and tips to improve your SEO ranking from a regular person. This is, this is just sexy SEO 101. Just, I just want to say something because it's in my mind. I just thought of it. When I redid my website, when I got rebranded, mm -hmm. my website was delivered to me with like zero SEO. So I, my, what I know from SEO is literally starting like from nothing. So I think this is such an important topic. If you're a new business owner and if you built your own website, you probably don't have any SEO built in either. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like this is kind of who we're talking to maybe a little, just if you're coming from not knowing SEO, here's what you should start doing now. Yes, exactly. These are like the very beginner beginner things that you should, everyone should be doing for their website. Uh, so hopefully everyone has a business website. Some people might not. Some people might be using 
like a Facebook page as their main website, I really recommend that everybody has their own website that they have control over. Yes. So whether you have a WordPress website or a Wix website or a Squarespace website, uh, please have your own website that relates to your business because that is going to help you when potential clients do searches for your for your type of business in Google. So uh, just a couple things about SEO. The main idea for SEO is it revolves around a keyword or a keyword phrase. And I want to talk about that for a little bit because there are a couple different things that you want to keep in mind when you're working towards ranking for a certain keyword or a certain phrase. Uh, first of all, there's a difference between short tail keywords and long tail keywords. Short tail keyword is if you want to rank for something like a, just a one word. So like wedding, that's a short tail <laughs> keyword and it's not a very good one. But in the past, when people started using search engines like Google, they would type in wedding you know, right. And then, then it would come up with a bunch of stuff. Now, most users are using what's called long tail keywords, and it's more like a phrase or a complete sentence even. So someone might type in, instead of typing in wedding planner, they might type in best wedding planner in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a long tail keyword. And when you think about your website overall, you have to think about what's like the one keyword or the one phrase that you want your website to come up when someone types that into Google. So Renee, do you want to share what your main keyword is? Oh, well, I'm a masochist and I really, <laughs> I really want to, I want to rank higher in um, Los Angeles wedding planners. So that's the main one that I use, but then I also do best Los Angeles wedding planner. Okay. Good. Um, so those are the two. And I know that they're fairly generic, but I always think about Google like I think about my own keywords based on what I Google and that's how I Google. Like I totally Google in the long tail keywords. Like the other night I Googled something that was insane, like best seafood restaurant in Niagara Falls open past 9 PM. <laughs> like that's what I put into Google. Like that's ridiculous, but it came up with an answer. So God bless. No, that's, that's a perfect example of what I was talking about. People are typing in very specific things into Google and you want to, Think about whether you want to try to rank for a phrase like Los Angeles wedding planner, which is totally fine if you want to work towards that goal. Or do you want to rank for something that's a little more specific, like best offbeat wedding planner in Dallas, Texas? Yeah. You know, those are two different specific things. So yeah, so that's kind of, I just wanted to get that out of the way. That's the difference between short tail keywords and long tail keywords, because if you do any type of research on SEO or enter any type of discussion, you might hear that phrase, long tail keyword. And that's all it means. It means that someone's typing in a sentence into Google or like a long phrase. And I also think, uh, I think it has a lot to do with like, I just want the most like focused responses from Google. I could have put in like seafood restaurants in Niagara Falls and then clicked around until I found one that was open past 9 p.m. But I figured like, why not try? Why not try? For the, you yeah, know, and so exactly. I totally acknowledge that like wedding planner, best wedding planner, Los Angeles is fairly vague. I I've been uh, toying with and working uh, and kind of not toying with, but testing out on the blog posts that I publish for specific venues, putting like wedding planner for the Ruby street wedding venue, Los Angeles, 
because I'm thinking that if someone is planning a wedding and they're going venue specific, then I'll pop up with the venue. So I've been sort of trying these things out too, but everything I try out is always a long tail keyword. Yeah. And that we'll talk about that in a little bit because there's definitely keywords that you want to have your website show up overall, just like in general, best wedding planner in Los Angeles. You want your your entire website to show up for that. But you might also have a blog post that's specific for, for Ruby Street. And so that keyword for that blog post will be different from the rest of your website. Correct. Yes. Sorry, I should have said that. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. No, I'm glad you brought it up because we're going to be talking about the keyword for your website and the keywords for each blog post that you write and how they should be different. The other thing that I just want to say real quick before we start talking about blog posts, specific blog posts, is that you can't force SEO. I mean, you can, but it's really spammy and really kind of gross. And people can see through that. And Google can see through that, more importantly. Yeah. I once worked with someone who wanted me to help them with their website for SEO. And I said, okay, well, what keyword or key phrase do you want to rank for? And they gave me a list of like 20 different (laughs) key phrases that was like that's too much los angeles i'm gonna use it wasn't a wedding planner but i'm gonna use wedding planner as the example they wanted los angeles wedding planner ventura county wedding planner uh, thousand oaks wedding planner burbank wedding planner like all these different cities yeah uh, plus their profession so that when you anyone typed in wedding planner plus city they would show up and i was like well that's not (laughs) really how seo is supposed to work now you could definitely pay someone to go into the back end of your website and add a bunch of weird code and phrases to try to force you to rank for those things. But if it's not organic, it's not going to serve you in the long run. Isn't that called black hat SEO when they do that? Yeah, it's definitely some like, it's definitely shady. And I definitely think you should stay away from it. Yeah, I feel like I, what I've read, I mean, in my in my infinite Googling, uh, I feel like if, when you do that, like it works for a minute and then Google figures it out and like dings you. So you're oh, yeah. getting, like if you pay someone to do it that way, you're going to get you're going to get a result and be like, oh, that's exciting. And then but over time, it's going to actually be worse for you. Yeah. And it's it's similar to like buying Facebook followers or buying Instagram followers. You're going to yeah. get a result in the short term, but in the long term, those aren't your clients. Those aren't your people. They're not going to bring you any business. So it's the same thing with anything. If you try to cheat and do a quick fix, it's ultimately not going to work for you. One of my SEO success stories, if you will, is I just wrote a basic page on my website about how to get started if you want to get married at the Disneyland Resort, because my blog is mostly about Disney weddings. So I wrote a page, an informational page that just kind of listed step by step what I did in order to get started with planning our wedding at the Disneyland Resort. And that page just naturally shot up to the top of the results whenever someone searched Disneyland wedding. I didn't do anything. I wasn't like, I'm going to write an article that's going to be amazing in Google. (laughs) I just wrote it because it was something that I felt people needed or were searching for. And I... I wrote a very organic, natural post. There's, I think, two images in there. And it just naturally rose to the top. So now on the front page of Google, whenever someone searches Disneyland Weddings, it's like seven results from the actual Disney website. And then and then there's me. So I'm I'm the top result that's not an actual Disney page on page one of Google. Yeah. And I didn't, I mean, 
again, I didn't force this. It just happened. But then once I saw it was happening, I was like, okay, how can I take this page and optimize it, you know, so that it does even better. And it also, um, you know, like maybe I can get people to join my email list or whatever. So I love that. The point of the story is that you sometimes you can't force it just write organically and stuff will happen. <laughs> well, and you know, Google wants to show you what you want to see. So I would imagine if, if your article, I mean, your article got to the front page because people were probably finding it in the beginning on page four and clicking on it. Exactly. And the more clicks you get, the more Google's like, oh, that's relevant for the search term. And then they bump you up and bump you up yep. and bump you up. That's totally how it works. That's how it works. So I feel like for all of these things, I feel like on the show, we're constantly saying this is a long game, but it is business is a long game. And all of these tools, they're, it's all a long game. You just have to be patient and diligent. Yeah. Totally. But there are a few things that you can do to help yourself along. So let's get into a few tips and a few items that you can actually do to try to help your website and your blog posts rank for your chosen keyword. Let's do it. The first thing I want to talk about is on your website. So we're going to talk about your website overall, and then we'll get into specific blog posts and why blog posts are important. Because I know some of you out there want to start a blog, but you haven't, but you need to. <laughs> Y'all better get blogging. I don't know how many times we got to tell you. If you want to do well on Google, <laughs> you need a blog. Sorry. Don't be mad at me. Start writing, everybody. <laughs> so when you think of your website overall, you want to have your keyword in mind. So uh, I'm going to use... Renee's example of best wedding planner in Los Angeles. Well, what she wants to do is in her website copy, especially on the front page, is she wants that phrase to be listed somewhere and you want it to be natural. So you want to have a sentence that says something like, I know that you're picky and I know you're looking for the best wedding planner in Los Angeles. And I'm so glad that you found me because I'm excited to help you. You know, something like that. It's a natural sentence. It uh, includes the keyword, but it doesn't use the keyword too many times. What you don't want to say is, I know you're looking for the best wedding planner in Los Angeles, which is, I'm so glad you landed on my page because I'm a wedding planner in Los Angeles. And I know that you have your choice of wedding planners in Los Angeles. That's an example of keyword stuffing and Google doesn't like it. Also, it sounds ridiculous. And it sounds ridiculous, but this is what people try to do to try to trick Google. So oh, that's Lordy. why I'm using it as an example because... It is something that people actually do. So sprinkle your keyword into your text naturally and don't overuse it. So maybe you want to use it once on your front page. Maybe you want to put it somewhere in your about page. If you have a if you have a paragraph of text, you want to make sure that your keyword, whatever it is, your key phrase is in there naturally. And maybe if you have a couple other spots where you can include it, just try to throw that in there. Just always have your key phrase in the back of your head so that if you're writing up new copy or you're talking with a web designer, you have that phrase in mind and you can use it whenever it's natural. So that's a that's an overall website suggestion. Got it. Now we're going to get into blog posts. So every blog post that you write should have its own unique keyword. And by unique, you mean you haven't used it before on your own blog? Correct. Okay. So this is tricky for someone like me because like all my posts are Disneyland weddings. <laughs> right. So how do you do that? Yeah. I'm tempted to just make every keyword Disneyland weddings, but I know that Google is not going to like my website if I do quote unquote keyword stuffing. So the easy way to do that is to just kind of add an adjective. So spring Disneyland wedding. Oh, okay. 
purple Disneyland wedding. I mean, there's different things that you can do. Uh, But the other thing that you might want to do is, like you mentioned, different venues. If you blog about a wedding that you participated in at a certain venue, then you can definitely make that venue your keyword. So, for example, you as a wedding planner could do a recap of a wedding at Ruby Street, a venue here in Los Angeles, and your keyword that you want to rank for is Ruby Street. Right. It doesn't have to say wedding planner. It can just be Ruby Street. So if someone Googles Ruby Street, hopefully your blog post will have a good chance of showing up. That's an example of choosing different keywords for your blog posts. It doesn't always have to be leading back to your original overall keyword or key phrase. So it doesn't have to be wedding planner, Ruby Street venue. It can just be Ruby Street spring wedding or something. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Or even just keep it simple and just do the venue. I mean, you can get specific if you want to, but if you are interested in working with a certain venue, just use that venue name as the keyword. And then hopefully when people are looking for this venue, your blog post will show up. And what you can do, and and this is where your blog title comes in and your permalink comes in. The permalink is the URL that you create for each blog post. If you want to rank for Ruby Street Wedding Planner, make sure that Ruby Street Wedding Planner is part of your URL and make sure that it's somewhere in the title. Now, it might be easier to write a title that says so-and-so's spring wedding at Ruby Street in Los Angeles. And in that case, you would just pick Ruby Street as your keyword because it's a little clunky to try to put people's name Wedding Planner, yeah. Ruby Street. Yeah, it's a little bit clunky. I mean, it's probably not impossible But in that situation, I would keep it as simple as possible. You're still being very specific by listing a specific venue that a lot of people will be searching for. Uh, The other thing that is really important to do is to rename your image files. Yeah, you've told me this before, and I literally am like, I don't know how to do this. I never do this. Sorry, every every pod, the podcast audience, I'm telling you all my secrets. You've told me this like for six months now at least. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. How do you do this? How do you change? When the photographer sends me the files, they're already named. Well, it depends. So let's say you get images from a photographer and it has their, uh, the, the name of the, the actual name, the actual file name is something like download hyphen image hyphen one, two, three. Okay. That's a bad file name. Okay. If you put that file into your website and Google sees that file name as download image one, two, three, they don't know what that is. So you have to rename your image files so that Google can read that file name and know exactly what is in that photo. So I have to rename it before I put it, before I upload it to my back end of my website? Yes. See, I'm not, yeah, this is how I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. It's never too late to, to get started, you guys. It's fine. Look, I look back on my old websites and I have a ton of images that on there that just came from my phone and they're all image one, two, three. They have nothing about the image. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so naive back then. <laughs> so it's okay. Don't go back and change everything. But going forward, rename your image files. Okay, but how do I do that? Uh, it's very simple. You just right click on the image on your computer and click rename and then you rename it. If you have a bunch of them, then there's probably a a program that you have on your computer where you can select all of them and change the name. Is that what Blogstomp does? Are you familiar with Blogstomp? I feel like people have been telling me to use Blogstomp because I think it's it's quicker to do all this. I'm going to look into it. I just do it all. I have a program called Lightroom 
And when I take my photos, I put everything into Lightroom. It's an Adobe program. I can edit my photos in there and then I can rename them all. For sure, your computer has a program that will do it. But otherwise, if you just have one or two images to rename, you can just literally right click or I don't know how Mac users do it because I'm a PC. But you you pull up the file information and you can rename it. The other thing to keep in mind is if a photographer does send you images, they might just have random numbers, but they might also have renamed them to include their photography name. And if if they do, then you definitely don't want to remove that because if you're sharing images from a photographer, you're doing them a solid and they're doing you a solid for giving you photos. So you want to keep that in there for SEO for their sake. Uh, But what you can do is you can rename the image to leave their photography name in it, but you can also add your keyword. Uh, Okay. Uh, The other thing is once you upload your images into your website, you want to change the alt text. The alt text is the thing that uh, if your photo doesn't display, like let's say someone's internet is super slow, or perhaps you have a user who is visually impaired, the alt text is going to show in place of your image. Ah. So this is another really good reason why you don't want your files to be called image one, two, three, because if you don't change the alt text, that is what is going to display on your website if the image breaks. Ah. (laughs) And then it makes no sense. So the alt text should be descriptive about the photo itself. The alt text can be descriptive about the photo itself. What I generally do is I change the alt text to match my blog post title. Okay. So that way I know it has the keyword in it. And I know that it is going to describe the image. And if you want to spend the time on it, you can be really, really descriptive about what's in that photo. But I don't think it's completely necessary. Yeah, I feel like this is where I'm spending most of my time in SEO is alt text because I'm like writing descriptive, you know, like alt text for it. Because isn't that what displays on Pinterest when you pin it? Yes. Uh, again, that's why I use the title because I feel like if someone pins an image and the blog title shows up under that image on Pinterest, then it's going to be a good description of what that image is. Now, I could go a step further and change all my alt text to be super descriptive. So it says spring Disneyland wedding, white roses bouquet plus glittery shoes, you know, if that's what's in the shot. Yeah, that's what I do. I, there's nothing wrong with that, but it does take some extra time and I'm not sure it's worth it. Interesting. Okay. It depends on how much time you have. If you have if you have a lot of extra time, you can definitely go through and add those descriptive words. But I think if there's a photo of a pretty bouquet with glittery shoes next to it and it just says springtime Disneyland wedding, I think that's good enough for me. So it, okay. it depends on your comfort level. Okay. Just a few other tips to keep in mind. Again, basic stuff that you can be using to help your blog post and your website rank. Uh, When you're writing blog posts, and even when you are thinking about your about page on your website or your main page, Google likes to see that you have links to external websites and links to internal websites. So what does that mean? Yeah, explain this more. (laughs) Yeah, let's say you're writing an article about, we'll use the Ruby Street venue example. So let's say you're writing an article about a wedding recap that happened at this specific venue. You should definitely link to the Ruby Street website. That's an external link and it's a good one. It tells Google, I'm linking to this external website and it's not a junky website. It's a decent website. And then let's say you 
are writing this article and you uh, mention a vendor, maybe you worked with a photographer that you worked with on a different a wedding that you already blogged about, you can link not only to that photographer website, but you can link to the article that you wrote with that other photographer. And that's an internal link. So you're linking to you're linking to good articles within your own website. I like that. I feel like I the external links I'm great at. The internal, I feel like I don't I don't I wasn't thinking that way. Like I was like, well, I could only link to another wedding I did at Ruby Street. But I like that you're saying I can actually link to another wedding I've done with the same photographer, which happens all the time, which would be great. Yeah, and it could be anything. Like it could be anything you've written about. And obviously if you don't have a huge blog catalog, it might be a little harder. But I would like everyone to try to have at least one internal link for every blog post that they write. So whether you're linking to another blog post that you already wrote, or maybe you're linking to your about page or your pricing page or your gallery, something. I like it. Or services page. Even if you're talking about, we plan this wedding, you can link the word plan back to your services. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. So that tells Google that you, again, this is, this all kind of falls under the, I'm a natural organic person. I'm not a robot. Uh, If you link to an external article, you're giving some love to that other website. And if you link to one of your own articles, you're, you're giving some love back to you. So that's good too. Something that people kind of get tripped up on is that like, well, Google likes these external and internal links, but no one's linking back to me. Because what you want is you want to have other people linking to your website, because that tells Google that you're a quality website that other people want to include on their website. You basically want to have a website that's worth linking to. (laughs) Um, So how can you do that? Uh, One of the best ways to do that is a guest post swap. So get together with a vendor friend and see if you can write guest articles for each other. And that way you link to your friend and your friend links to you. I like that. And also wouldn't be being published by like a bigger blog. Wouldn't that help as well? Isn't that a, a great link too? Yeah, that's exactly right. So let's say you do a style, you're involved with a style shoot and it gets featured on a blog and that blog links to you. That's an external link for you. And that's great. That's awesome. But I know some people, if you're just getting started, you're not involved with style shoots yet. Um, And so the guest post swap is a good way to get some external links before you're at the level of doing a style shoot. And then just real quick, make sure that your blog posts are of a certain length. You don't want to just write 100 words and put up a bunch of photos. That tells Google that you're not really trying that hard. That's funny. I know sometimes writing is difficult. I get it. I write for a living. And sometimes it's not easy to come up with, you know, a few paragraphs of words about a certain topic. I get it. But the sweet spot for Google is at least 300 words. Which doesn't sound like that many until you're writing. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, my gosh. And then I'm like, I'm only at 220. Okay, keep writing. (laughs) Keep writing. Yeah. You want to write naturally. So you don't want to force a bunch of like, weird sentences in there. But if you look at all your photos, I'm sure that you could come up with a couple of extra sentences to write about something in that photo that can bring you to the 300 word threshold. And then the final tip I want to give you guys doesn't involve writing at all. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) It's about how your site is viewed. So you want to make sure that you have a good mobile responsive website. So what that means is that 
your site might look good on desktop where you do all your work, but when you pull it up on your phone or you pull it up on a tablet, how does it look? Does it still look good? Does it respond to the smaller screen so that people can navigate it easily? This has become very, very important to Google. So if you are an old school vendor and you haven't touched your website in a few years, you might want to take a look at it via a mobile phone and make sure that it is adapting to that smaller screen and people can easily navigate it. Mindy, doesn't Google have some kind of like webmaster tools where you can, that they give you like a score or some feedback on how your website is doing on mobile? Or am I making that up? There is a page where you can put in your your website URL and it will give you a score. And I don't have the exact URL at the top of my head, but we'll definitely put it in the show notes. Because I remember when it, when they made the, the switch to saying like, okay, mobile respon- responsiveness is like paramount for Google now. I remember hearing a lot about it when they made that switch. And I, I remember doing it to my site and thinking like, okay, I'm not, I'm feeling good. Like I'm not so bad mm-hmm. because my website was, was redesigned in 2016. So we did it with mobile responsiveness in mind. But I'd say if you did your website before 2016 and you haven't updated it, you probably need to go back in and actually put in mobile responsive design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise they're not going to, it's not going to work. Yeah. So definitely uh, I'll put, we'll put a link to the, the Google site where you can check. And there's also one, my next tip is going to be about site speed because yeah. the, the how slow or how fast your website loads definitely affects your rankings. And there's a website for that too, where you can check um, your site speed. And so if you have anything on your website, like crazy flash, oh. uh, complicated slideshows or flash? flashing words on your main page, oh. that could be slowing your site down. So, so yeah, that's something to look for. So mobile responsiveness and how fast your website loads. Uh, and you can test those. We'll put the links in the show notes, but yeah. Those are the very, very basic SEO things to look out for that I feel like everybody can do. And maybe some people just don't. I feel like for me, when I hear a list like this, or when I'm listening to a podcast like this, I always go like, okay, what's the one thing that I know I can do like this weekend? So just like baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And I'm also one of those people who's like, I really like to see like my own progress and I like to keep charts and graphs. And so I literally have a a spreadsheet in my Google docs. That's like my SEO ranking for like every month for like the last couple of years. Cause I'm trying to rank higher in LA. It's really difficult because we're such a saturated market. So I'm always kind of, you know, opening an incognito window and Googling my, my business to see what comes (laughs) up or Googling my keywords to see where, how I'm doing. Yeah. I'd say if you, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I don't even know where I am on Google make sure you're opening an incognito window so that because Google wants to show you what you want to see and they obviously know you want to see yourself. Yeah. So if you just Google Los Angeles wedding planner, you know, if you're me in an open new tab on my regular Chrome browser, it's going to show me my business, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I do an incognito window, it's a more of an honest, uh, anonymous search, obviously. You can do the incognito window or you can ask a friend to search for you and see if they can tell you what page you you first pop up. That's true. But remember when I had you do that and I was like on the first page for you and I was like, I know that's not legit because they, I think Google knows we're friends. Maybe. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Google's so smart. They know everything. They know everything. I do remember that now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Try to use the uh, hidden search if you can. Because remember I was like, that was a while ago, but I was so excited. You were like, look what came up. And I was like, what? And then I did it myself and I was like, no, I'm still on page four or five or whatever. whatever I am this week. 
if you have a certain keyword you want to rank for and you're not coming up on the first page or the second page or the third page, just keep at it. And, you know, it's also not set in stone. You might want to try different keywords and see um, how your business evolves or how the search ranks change. Yeah. And I'll also say um, one of the tools that I find helpful is um, so every website, all everyone's website should be set up to set up with Google Analytics so you can see your backend stats. And if you don't have that, um, please, please, please do that. And you can actually Google how to do that <laughs> because that's how I did it because I was like, I'm clueless. But every month, Google sends me my snapshot for the month prior. So like a few days ago, I got my snapshot for July. And uh-huh. so it'll say on the bottom, how did you acquire your users this month? This is also information I could get if I logged into Google Analytics ever, but because they send me this this update, I kind of don't. Mm-hmm. But organic search accounted for 42% of my traffic last month, and then direct was 36% or almost 37 So the organic search, like just the fact that I'm not on the first page and people are still finding me on organic search, like I'm psyched about that. Yeah. Like, I'm even, I'm psyched about 42%. So, and then because over the months I can see it increasing. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's what you want to do. You just want to make sure that it's increasing and not decreasing. Um, The other thing that you can do once, if you want to deep dive into your analytics is it will tell you what pages on your website are found via Google. Yes. Like for me, my number one page with like a solid 50% of my Google traffic comes from that Disneyland wedding page. So just keep that in mind. You might be ranking for the blog post that you wrote about five years ago. <laughs> and then people are finding that blog post and then poking around your website. I was going to say they're, they're sticking around. Yeah, definitely check your analytics to see what you're ranking for and which pages are being found through Google. So you can further optimize those pages. Uh, and then just one final thing. A lot of people talk about the sitemap. So I just want to talk on that oh, real yeah. quick. What you can do if you want to speed up your SEO results is you can submit your sitemap to the Google Search Console. This is something that people feel like they have to do and then they panic when they find out about it because they're like, I have never done this. Uh, It's not something you have to do. So don't let anybody tell you that it is something you have to do. But you can create a sitemap and submit it to Google Search Console if you want to kind of speed up the SEO a little bit. Google is smart. As we talked about, Google will find your website. Google will find your keywords. So you don't have to do anything special to tell Google that you exist. But if you do want to speed up the process a little bit, we'll put the link in the show notes on how to submit your sitemap to the Google Search Console. It's very simple. I love it. It sounds like a big thing, but it's but I've done it, and I, it's you know it's like yeah. you, follow, you just follow directions, and and it, it's and it's pretty. It's pretty self-explanatory, I guess. There's directions that you can follow. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about it real quick because I feel like people sometimes will hear that they have to submit their sitemap to Google or they're not going to show up, and that's a myth. So uh, I just wanted to to get that out there. Don't panic about your sitemap, you guys. Google's smart, it's y'all. fine. Google's Google really will smart. find you. They will really <laughs> find you. Speaking of finding things, we just want to, before we wrap up, say thank you so much for listening and thank you for sharing us with your friends and thank you for leaving us reviews 
uh, we're being found now by people that we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that don't know us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, so thank you for all the Instagram love. I can't tell you how much we love it when you're listening to the podcast and you do a snapshot of it and you put it on your Instagram story. It like makes yes. me like I freak out. I love it so much. So please keep doing that if you're listening because we just are so tickled by it. And as always, uh, we're on the podcast train. So we have to tell you, please leave us a review if you like what you're listening to because it just helps us uh, be found by new and exciting people and that's what we want to do is we want to be friends with and help out more and more people that are in our wedding industry because we love it so much yeah definitely um and since this is a uh podcast episode about rankings yeah the apple podcast reviews definitely helps us with our ranking so just saying <laughs> just saying it takes like not even a minute and so we would love you forever if you could leave us a review. And also we're rocking a new Facebook group called Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast Insiders. We just figured we needed a, a better, more direct way to continue the conversation. Of course, we love the DMs. Uh, we love the comments uh, on the blog or anywhere you want to leave us a comment. But the Facebook group is a place where we intend to do a deeper dive, answer your questions directly, and just get to know you guys a little bit better. So please join. You can join via the link in our Instagram bio or just search us on Facebook. Yeah. And if you have any questions about SEO, because I know it's a very complicated, tricky subject. Oof. Yep. And if anything was confusing, please come to our Facebook group so we can talk about it. I love talking about this stuff. I'm a huge nerd for SEO and social media and all that. So please come ask us. Yay. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events, wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by Joy Social, teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and reneedallow.com. You can find Mindy online at joysocial.net. Jump into the show notes at rockyourweddingbiz.com and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz.